Hi, I'm here again talking about the Beatitudes. Um, the Beatitudes is uh, what is in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. And on one particular occasion, Jesus taught his disciples on a mountain. So that particular uh, teaching that he had is called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's recorded in the Bible in the book of Matthew, uh, chapters 5 through 7. And the reason that we call these uh, particular verses the Beatitudes is because they all start out with the word blessed. And um, at one time, the Bible was mostly translated into Latin, and that word blessed, uh, part of it was uh, translated in kind of like Beatitude. So that's kind of where the word Beatitude came from. And these verses describe the qualities of certain groups of people who are blessed by God and um, tells us how these people will be blessed. It not only says they're blessed, but it says exactly how they'll be blessed. And one thing I found very interesting about these qualities that Jesus is encouraging are that they are against the religious traditions of the day and they're all very, very countercultural. So Jesus was presenting very radical ideas and things that kind of made the disciples go, huh? What are you talking about? Um, <clears throat> the things that um, he was, was talking about were, were, were radical. The things that uh, we were have been te teaching about were opposite of what the Jews were looking for in a Messiah and in a leader. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. Those things were all against the religious culture of the day and against the culture of the world of that day. You know, if we want the blessings of God, we've got to be willing to go against the world's culture and against religious culture. We will definitely see that in the next beatitude. In Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. You know, many times a week I have sent to me, usually through Facebook messages or posts or videos, things are, that are definitely not meant to bring peace. You know, Jesus' disciples and the Jews did not want peace. They wanted war and conflict and political upheaval and victory over the Roman Empire. And Jesus was trying to change the way that the disciples thought and acted. He wanted to change their, their thinking from the old covenant to the new covenant. He wanted them to stop thinking so much about earthly kingdoms and he wanted them to start thinking about the heavenly kingdom. You know, over and over in the New Testament, God is called the God of peace. And if we are to be his children, we are to be peacemakers. First of all, we have to have peace with God before we can become a peacemaker. We have to have this internal, personal peace that can only come as a result of a forgiven heart and as a result of the Holy Spirit working in our life. You know, in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And what that means is that result of the Holy Spirit working in our life, we have love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. I think I got them all. So as a result of the Holy Spirit working in a Christian's life, peace is one of the, one of the results of that. In Colossians 3.15, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So we can see that peace is a real fundamental and essential ingredient in a Christian's life. Peacemaking in its truest and most powerful forms is the overwhelming influence of love that we have and we express to other people. A peacemaker means being an initiator in reconciling conflict. Peacemakers are generous, gracious, and kind-hearted. You know, it requires God's grace, his patience, and his wisdom in a real rich supply to be able to be a peacemaker because it's a lot easier uh, to not be a peacemaker, to just get in in a conflict on one side or the other and just just to be offended or, or to um, just get in on the anger or, or whatever is going on to take sides in something. It's a lot easier to do that than to actually uh, work with God and, and initiate peace. There's two ways that God wants us to be peacemakers. The first way is to help make peace between people who are having conflict. Um, to bring those people together. You know, being a peacemaker is an active word. It's not a passive one. It means that we actively bring people together who are estranged. Um, it's going out of our way to bring peace. Um, Jesus is saying that we're a blessed person and will be called the Son of God when we bring peace between people instead of perpetuating offense and strife. You know, people need our help to learn how to walk in love. How many times have we gotten a text or an email or a phone call um, or someone telling us in person that they were offended, that they were hurt, that they were uh, talked bad about, that they're angry about something? And we have a choice right there. Are we going to be a peacemaker are we going to get in on this conflict and join in on the offense and, 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 you know, tell other people how bad it was that what happened and share that offense with other people and get in on the gossip of it all? Right there, we have, we have an, we have an opportunity, uh, whenever someone tells us something bad that's happened to them, we have an opportunity to, uh, walk in sin or to be a peacemaker. And one real key thing um, when we are wanting to be a peacemaker is to listen to the both both sides of every story. And we need to uh, listen to both sides and we need to uh, look at things from God's view. His view is love, mercy, and forgiveness. You know, there's two sides to every story. And um, in Proverbs 18, 17, it says there... There are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side when they set the record straight. And I found that to be so true um, so many times, especially I've seen that so many times in family relationships. And a good example of that is, say, a, a 
husband or a wife, let's just say a husband comes and talks to you and tells you um, problems that he's been having in his marriage and and things that his wife has been doing that doesn't make it him happy and he's angry about this and he's upset about that and his wife doesn't do this right. And if you listen to him with just that in mind, you think, oh my gosh, she's a terrible, terrible woman. But if you keep the scripture in mind, you think, well, this is how he feels, but there's another side to the story. And if you take time to listen to the wife's side of the story, you'll hear her side and you'll think, oh my gosh, you know, he was only telling me one side, there is another side. And when you listen to both sides, you can reconcile those two so much better because you're able to um, let them, you know, kind of mirror those things back to them and let them see both sides and um, bring much more peace into their relationship. My husband, Pastor Terry, is really, really good about this, bringing two people together, helping them understand their differences and compromising and bringing peace. You know, we cannot be peacemakers if we're crabby or complaining or backbiting or gossiping, if we're not submissive to authority or we really like stirring up conflict. You know, there's some people that really, really like doing that. Uh, they like whispering behind people's backs. They like listening to gossip on the phone. They like, they like, you know, one thing that Christians really like to do is they like, uh, they like to cover that all up with prayer requests. Well, I'm praying for this, but they really like hearing, uh, bad things about people. And we really have to be careful of that. And all of those things are the opposite of peace. You know, in our culture, the way it is right here in the United States, you cannot be a peacemaker if you are a Democrat and every single thing the Republicans do is wrong, or if you're a Republican and every single thing the Democrats do is wrong. You know, peacemaking extends into every area of our life, and God is calling us to be peacemakers, not people who continue to stir up dissension and strife. You know, we all know that the politicians and the news media, um, their intention is to stir up hatred and division and strife. And we can't fall into that trap as Christians. We are to be different. We are to be the light shining on the hill. We are to be the example of peace and light and love in this world. And we cannot do that if we're not peacemakers, if we're bound up in those things, if we're, we're always full of strife and dissension, especially over political things. There's no way that we can be peacemakers. So I want to ask you a question. How many people do you know are, that are peacemakers? You know, if you really think about it, you know, if you know any, any people that are really peacemakers, aren't they just so pleasant to be around? They're just like a breath of fresh air. Have you ever thought about it? Um, have you ever thought about, are, am I a peacemaker? It'd be a good thing to think about. Uh, the second way that we uh, are to be peacemakers is to bring peace between God and man by sharing the gospel. Oh, what a, what a precious thing we've been given, precious responsibility We've been given by God to share the gospel with other people and bring peace in this very special way. In Romans, the fifth chapter, the first verse, 
It says, therefore, since we have been made right with God in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. See, we have peace with God because of our faith. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who has brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So he was bringing peace. He was bringing peace and that's what God wants us to do. He wants to bring, he wants us to bring peace between God and people. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we, pe- uh, when we plead, come back to God. So peacemakers are telling people about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So are you a peacemaker? Are you telling people about Jesus? If you are, the Bible calls you blessed and calls you a son of God. So on another light, as Christians, we can't always live our lives um, in our outward lives in peace and tranquility because the Bible tells us this that this world is going to hate us and that, that we'll have persecution in this world. But it's that inner attitude of peace and, and uh, tranquility and tolerance in the face of angry attacks and assaults that will get us through. You know, even though men uh, can hate me, I can have peace because of what God has done for me. And a good example of that is Jesus. Even though he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When Jesus was falsely accused, he didn't blow up in anger and accuse people back. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was all about bringing peace to every situation. Peace, uh, people who are peacemakers have to have pure motives. They can't have sides, take sides, and they can't be troublemakers. So are you a peacemaker? I'm going to read this prayer that St. Francis of Assisi is kind of famous for. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is disco- where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives, it is in self-forgetting that one finds, it is in pardoning that one is pardoned, it is in dying that one is raised, 
to eternal life. So I'm going to close with this prayer that's found in 2 Peter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Bye-bye.